Welcome to Have the Edge podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs. Every week we share content to add value to you and your business. Today we will discuss a topic that you do not want to miss. Your hosts today are experienced coaches, speakers and trainers from Have the Edge. Please check out business services we offer by visiting www.havetheedge.org. Are you an entrepreneur? Visit our website to subscribe to Entrepreneur Space. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Alejandro J. Tornato here. I am one of the founding directors of Have the Edge. We are celebrating uh, Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, and uh, I am so privileged, I mean, to have uh, my dear colleague and friend, Anna Kutin, um, who is herself a first aider. We are going to touch a little bit about the connection or the relationship between mental health and business. So, uh, Anna, it's, it's great to have you. And let me just start by this. I mean, as, as I said, you are a, first, a certified first aider. So what does that entail? What is it? Mental health first aider qualification is all about being there when somebody's having breakdown or mental health issues as a point of contact, if you like. And I'm so glad that you've mentioned how does that connect with businesses? Well, I don't know if you knew that or not, but mental health, or shall I say poor mental health, costs UK businesses up to £45 billion a year. And for each pound that the businesses invest into maintaining and improving the mental health within the working environment, they get five pounds back in reduced absence, as well as the employee turnover. So you can see what a massive connection it has to businesses and how important it is for businesses to make sure that they have that first point of contact, i.e. mental health first aiders, to facilitate the conversations to reduce the stigma, to normalize conversations about the mental health within the workplace um, in order to not just help their employees, but also to actually add to their bottom line by doing so. So it makes sense from both perspectives. But what, what actually prompted you to actually consider and become certified as a first aider? Well, I think when COVID hit, it was very apparent very, very quickly uh, through my work, which is coaching and training within businesses, what an impact COVID had, mental health impact. And I think we'll be feeling ripples of that for years, probably even decades to come. And as soon as I've recognized what's happening with mental health at work, you know, when people started working from home, people were made redundant, they went on furlough. Um, I had to, uh, because if I'm working with somebody, and as you know, coaching is not therapy. Uh, whilst as a mental health first aider, you do not provide therapy. You're there just a point of contact. You're trained to recognize mental health issues, but not to diagnose them. And you're trained to direct people to the right help. It was inevitable step for me to take if I'm working with somebody and I'm not able to recognize that they are having, particularly under the current climate, um, that they're having mental health issues and they need another intervention along with the coaching, along with the training that we are doing. I felt I needed to be able to recognize that and to direct them in the right direction. 
By the way, if you're thinking about qualifying your staff or getting qualification yourself, it's really not that expensive. Mental Health First Aid provides the best uh, mental health first aid as qualifications, and it's only two-day course. Yes, it's two full days and you get qualified, so it really doesn't require you to invest months and weeks into it. Uh, just a dedication of two days and you are done. So it's really easy to do. Let, let me ask you this. If, if you have to let people know about what, what does a first aider do? I mean, would you say that a first aider is more in alignment to counseling? No, no, it's definitely not. You, I don't do any counseling. This is not my qualification. Mental health as data is a point of contact. So people within the organizations know that they have got that contact they could go to and explain what's happening to them. We're trained to listen in a certain empathetic way and to recognize what's happening, but not to diagnose and gently direct them. That's what we do. We are that point of contact because what's happened with mental health, there is still so much stigma attached to it, particularly when it comes to men. You know, we tend to hide if anything is wrong with us. And the more we hide, the worse the problem gets, the more it will affect your business, if that's your employee who is being affected. So we are there to say, right, we are trained to listen to you and to direct you. Uh, you know, th that's how I would describe that. So we definitely don't counsel, we definitely don't diagnose, we can recognize and we facilitate the conversation in such a way that the person feels at ease and hopefully is ready to take the next step because ultimately that's up to them. Do you think that um, businesses are taking seriously um, incorporating uh, into their staff uh, people who are uh, mental uh, health um, uh, aiders in order to help within the context of an organization? Yes, big organizations are definitely, you know, behind the movement and they definitely have got mental health first aiders. I know that here in Jersey on the island, we have got one training provider, which is called MIND, Jersey MIND. And I know that for big organizations, they were training up people. So the, the, the big organizations are definitely behind the movement locally. Now, in regards to worldwide, I'm not sure. But what I will say is that it's not enforced. It's not been made requirement by, by law as a regulation for businesses. Uh, so the smaller businesses, of course, they're cutting costs and they do not put it as, in as a priority, which I think is a terrible shame. And I really do think that mental health needs to be looked after, particularly because of what we are going we were going through. Lean on other people. And, but especially, and you mentioned that, when it comes to the business environment, leaning on other people, depending, depending on your own personality. So how can people lean on other people in, in the best possible way? Well, that is a very good question. I think if you're talking within the work context, depends where you work, depends what the culture is when it comes to mental health. Is there stigma attached to it or are they open? They're talking about it. They have mental health first aid. Are they encouraged talking about it and leaning on them? Then, yeah, but it's really dependent on the company culture. But what you always have, even if you work in an environment where there is a stigma attached and you do not feel like you can speak up, you can still speak to people that are closest to you at home. Uh, th there are all sorts of helplines for crises that you could call for free. 
Um, all you have to do, just look it up on Google and lots of them will pop up. So there is always somebody you can talk about your mental health to, even if you can't or you feel that you can't talk about it to somebody at work. There will be somebody outside of work, be it family member, a professional helpline, GP. There's always somebody to listen. And yes, you're right about personality style. It's easier for people who are extroverted to speak up about it. It's a lot tougher for people who are more introverted from the outset to then lay everything that's inside out and talk about stuff which is tough, tough to talk about. Um, I've got some statistics for you that I thought you might find interesting about su uh, suicide rates in under 25s in England and Wales. So the rate for females under 25 has increased by 93.8% since 2012 to its highest levels um, in 2019. The highest suicide rates are actually, again, amongst the males, men aged between the 45 and 49. These are the highest suicide rates in that age group, in that sex. And women follow as a close second, and their age is between 50 and 54. And that's the figures for England and Wales in 2019. And those, those numbers are really shocking. When it comes to teenagers, just because they have been stuck at home, I mean, they were not able to socialize with their peers because of lockdowns and so forth. Um, uh, do you think that that population, the population of youngsters and teenagers is also um, severely affected by mental health issues? Oh, absolutely. We've seen some suicides of really young people on the news during the lockdown uh, in the UK. I haven't seen worldwide, but I've seen many, many news reports on suicides and very young people. But what's really interesting, I'm sharing the figures with you, the, the figures and the percentages with you from Samaritans.org website. And those figures are up to 2019. That's just before we went into lockdown. And do you know what's interesting is that we are in May and they don't have any figures for 2020 because I think they're still counting. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. It will be interesting to see because uh, I think it will be shocking to see. Make time for yourself and start small. Uh, what, what can we say about that? I mean, I, I tell you, everything, everything is just starting with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and business, certainly. I've actually recorded a podcast on this, so it's really interesting that you're asking that because that will be landing any day, uh, hopefully this week, to coincide with the Mental Health Awareness Week. Uh, yeah, making time for yourself is super important. And actually, people who are in leadership positions really suffer because they don't. They prioritize everything else um, that they have to do at work because they have huge responsibility uh, above self-care, above the sleep, above all these things that are essential. You know, you have to have sleep. You have to have some sort of activity that you enjoy, which could be part of your self-care because we all have different different ways we take care of ourselves, don't we? Different things. You know, for some people taking care of themselves is just making sure they have seven hours of sleep a night. For other people, it's learning how to play golf. So very, very different, but absolutely for mental health, um, to improve your mental health, taking care of yourself first and foremost, making that time for yourself to do what you want to do, or as the case might be, do nothing. Do nothing. If you're always on the go, just taking that time out for yourself. Um, absolutely. And the podcast is actually about that. We, 
we cannot cover everything uh, that uh, that has to do with mental health and awareness of 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 these uh, situations and this this um, uh, the, the, I mean this thing that has been I would say has been plagued I mean uh, many millions of people because of this. Um, the crisis that uh, that we have been under, I mean, for quite, I mean, quite a long time, and I think that most people are beginning to be sick and tired <laughs> of this situation. Um, but we are beginning to see the the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? As well, I would like to encourage people who are watching: um, if you have a colleague at work who was really outgoing and gone quiet or the other way around. If you notice somebody's acting out of, out of their character, that they're not be, being themselves, or if you, you know, anything like that, where you just feel there is something different about that person, just ask them how they are. Check in with them and just listen to them because that might be just what they need. Sometimes people just need to talk. So if you want to play a part in, in mental health, improving mental health, just ask questions. Just check in with people. Yes, I think, but, but I, want to, I want to make a, a little, a very small comment of, on what you said. And that is good. When you find someone who is acting out of their normal character, then definitely something is happening to that person. But you know, Anna, sometimes, um, and I'm sure that you've encountered people that you ask them, hey, uh, Mary, hey, John, um, uh, how are you doing? And the answer is, oh, well, I mean, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Nothing happens. And that's the first reaction. Now, if to that reaction, you said, oh, okay, that's fine then they do not open up. But I think that in some cases, for, with some people, you have to prod them a little bit deeper for them to really open up and to begin sharing. Because if you said, oh, everything is fine and you leave it like that, then they, they, they stay hidden in their, in their, in yes. their cocoons. You yes. have to prod them so that they can come out. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's the way that you ask a question as well. The question, how are you, is such a general question. You go in the shop and they start off scanning your products and they say, hey, how are you? You know, and we automatically are wired to go, yeah, we are right. And we might be having the worst day. It's automated. And we're on autopilot. When we hear it, we've got a response. I bet you, you don't have five different responses to that question. I bet you have got one which you go with 95% of the time and 5% of the time, you probably come out with something different <laughs> when you are annoyed in a bad mood, maybe it will be something different. But generally speaking, most of the time, that question is so general that we just come out. We don't really think. So what we were trained uh, in, in regards to questioning on mental health first aid course, it's actually saying that I've noticed you haven't been yourself. You know, I've noticed that, that this is a bit different and I hope you don't mind me asking this. I just want to make sure that you're okay. And if you want to talk, I'm here. And that's the difference. You know, where you actually, rather than just asking if they're okay, actually letting them know that you've noticed something, but you also don't want to offend them because, you know, and it might be the case. You've got to expect that. Somebody might tell you, what the hell are you talking about? 
Everything is absolutely fine with me. Mind your own business. And that's okay. That could happen. But, you know, at least, you know, you've done your bit for mental health. You checked in with a person that saw, you thought was acting out of, out of the normal, you know, way of how they normally behave. So, uh, so that, that's my tip. You know, if you notice something is not right, just, just tell them that you've noticed that and that you don't want to offend them, but you just want to check in and they can talk with you. So you open up that conversation in, in that way, but in a safe way, of course, as well, so that they feel they can talk to you. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I tell you, Anna, um, we have definitely not exhausted the topic of mental health uh, and, and, and being aware of this, um, of this issue. Uh, but at least, I mean, we began to deal with it and hopefully um, have um, uh, shared some more clarity about what mental health is all about. I mean, uh, what are some of the tips and, and what are some of the things that we can do? Uh, and especially, I mean, if you are a, a mental health aider, I mean, obviously, I mean, you know all this and you know the right questions and the right approach to people. So, Anna, thank you so very much for your willingness, I mean, to share this and to bring more clarity on, the, on mental health. And um, uh, thank you very much for all of you. And if, if definitely you want more information about Have the Edge, um, uh, you know that we want uh, to help and we want to add value to uh, business leaders and entrepreneurs, um, you can drop us an email uh, for more information at info at havetheedge.org. And uh, we, uh, we, we will be delighted, I mean, to connect with you and to provide you with um, information on uh, all of our services. Thank you for listening to Have the Edge podcast. Please leave us a rating and a review. Visit our website at www.havetheedge.org to explore our business and entrepreneurial services. If you have any queries, please email info at havetheedge.org. And to keep up to date, please follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. <laughs>